3: Morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome to the new Roto-World Basketball Show. On today's episode, we're covering trade talks, potential packages for Tyler Hero and James Harden. Now that Damon Lillard has been dealt, and that just broke, gentlemen, so I'm super excited. We'll also cover Warriors and Celtics' rotations and expectations. But the new era of the podcast, myself, Vaughn DelZell, joined by Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports, and a familiar face in Raphael Johnson of NBC Sports. Three of us are taking you guys to the promised land with fantasy basketball, so let's get started. Ralph, you're the longest-tenured man here. Damon Lillard just got traded to the Bucks. What do you think about it, and what do you think of the deal?
4: First off, Vaughn, welcome to the pod. Obviously, Dan and myself kind of held it down most of the last season. I don't know if either of you are familiar with the movie Fear of a Black Hat, but... They got oh some hats, they got some hats, and we got a host, so you know, <laughs> yeah. Yo, that is the greatest. Show.
5: Thank you for dropping that. No one talks about fear of a black hat. That is yeah. honestly one of the funniest movies ever made. Yes. I digress. Go ahead, Brad. All right, yeah. So yeah,
4: just want to go ahead and get that out of the way. But obviously, I think about what 20 minutes ago before we started this podcast, news broke by ESPN's Adrian Rojramowski. Damian Willard is headed to Milwaukee. Three-team deal with the Suns and Trailblazers. Milwaukee only gets Damned, but that's all that matters as far as they're concerned. Um, to add a piece of his caliber to their rotation you know, is is huge offensively. Now, they lose a lot defensively with Drew Holiday being among, among the players headed out. He's going to Portland. But Lillard, I want to say I, I had him as like a late first round, maybe early second round fantasy guy before this. I think now that we know where he is, and they'll be teaming up with Giannis, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, you want to add him in there as well. I think he locks down first round fantasy value, at least the back end for me. So I'm interested to hear Dan's thoughts on Dame right now.
5: Yeah, that's where I'm kind of at. And I was doing a little analysis on the ADP movement around the last week or so. And Damian Lillard did fall into the second round. And I thought it was a bit of an Mm -hmm. overcorrection, but it was definitely because fantasy managers were worried about what, how's this going to shake out. And now that we know, I mean, this is a special day, man. The first yeah. day we're bringing back the Roto <laughs> World Basketball podcast, Damian Lillard gets traded, like, couldn't have yeah. been a better situation. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, I think this actually benefits – And we haven't talked about it much, but I think this is going to benefit DeAndre Ayton, who's going to mm-hmm. be going to the Blazers the most. He goes from fourth wheel to the probably second option in the offense, maybe even yeah. first, probably not, but most likely mm-hmm. second. Um, but it, reports are, are going out now that Woe said that Drew Holiday and the Portland Trailblazers are looking to find other places for him to go. So mm-hmm. this is the, a full youth movement rebuild for the Portland Trailblazers. So Scoot Henderson, I think he's going to benefit here. Anthony Simons for sure. Um, But then also DeAndre Ayton, because he actually gets to uh, touch the ball a little bit more, which he always complained about in Phoenix.
3: (laughs) I don't know if that's a bad. I I was cool with him not touching the ball more, to be honest with you guys. (laughs) Uh, But I am shocked. Like when I saw this trade go through, I was thinking, what is with us trading superstars and not getting much in return? There's no future building here for Portland. There's no draft picks. There's no guys that, you know, in five years, they're going to be better than what they are now. Uh, So (laughs) I honestly didn't like the trade. I, uh, I would have gave it, you know, a D, an F. Uh, I hate it. I think for Damon Lillard, you should get a lot more. Am I wrong on that?
4: Well, they, they did. I can run down the full deal if you want me to yeah. do that. Yes, run um, down the full deal. No, obviously Milwaukee just gets Lillard. Um, Portland receives Drew Holiday. Probably won't be there for very long. DeAndre Ayton. Tumani Kamara, second-round pick out of Dayton, who was drafted by the Suns. That's maybe a name to keep in mind for silly season. I don't really expect much from him season. early on. Yeah. <laughs> But also in terms of draft capital, they get a 2029 first from Milwaukee. It's unprotected. And also 2028 and, 2020 and 2030 unprotected pick swaps with that's the Bucs. Awesome. So, you know, you're looking – you get some draft capital. As we all know, that's vital in terms of a rebuild. So you get that. So they did get that. Um, Phoenix will receive Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. I think the first two names are vital for them uh, mm-hmm. just because of the lack of depth that we saw. Nurkic, he should slide right into the starting lineup. I think he can be a top 100 fantasy player for them this season. As long as, you know, we've seen since that leg injury he suffered in 2019, kind of struggled. But I think being in Phoenix, he can d- give them a bit more defensively than Aiton did. Um, Grayson Allen, primarily a points and threes, guys, maybe some steals too. But I think he still has a chance for that late round value uh, in, in Phoenix. Uh, the other two guys, not really too high on them. They couldn't do it in Portland. I don't see how they do it with a contender. Yeah,
5: All I think right, that's well, a that's great
4: point. And, and in the
5: uh, the Phoenix side, that's more of a basketball mm-hmm. move. They were sorely yeah. hurting in depth. They addressed that in this trade. But the one thing that I was noticing that's flying around Twitter right now, Jimmy Butler is reportedly mm-hmm. saying that the NBA needs to look into tampering. So I don't know. Maybe <laughs> is, is Adam Silver going to get involved here? He's, he's, he's calling some BS on this. Um, and he was quick to do it as soon as that Woj
3: bomb yeah. dropped. Jimmy was like, nah, flag on the play. (laughs) Well, Jimmy Butler, I mean, he was really hoping to get Lillard. Like, that would have been a substantial pick. And now that kind of leaves the door open for some other guys to get traded there. I will mention the Milwaukee Bucks are now the favorite uh, to win the Eastern Conference. They're plus 165 ahead of the Celtics. uh, And they're also the favorites to win the NBA Finals now. Uh, plus three ninety. ahead of the Nuggets and the Celtics. So um, I don't know about that. That seems. Yeah. A, I don't know. You just added Dame. You lost a couple of key defenders in a loaded yeah. Eastern Conference. I don't buy it. That's 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 hype. Yeah, I think we're going to need five or six to one odds or better on the Bucks to take that one. If you're not if you're not getting better odds in the Celtics and Nuggets right now, I don't think I want to take a piece of that one. Uh, to be honest, but two guys that didn't get traded yet that you know may have the door wide open for them to go somewhere else. Now is Tyler Hero. Um, I was looking at him and, you know, we heard Miami Heat, Utah Jazz, Chicago Bulls, uh, the Hornets and the Nets have been linked to them. I'm looking at a couple other guys. I'm a Bulls fan, gentlemen, so I think Zach Levine might get dealt. Uh, But James Harden also wants out of Philly. So out of Tyler Hero and James Harden, um, who do you guys think could be the next one traded? Any landing spots or packages you have? Um, My first thought is
5: I think James Harden is going to be the next one out. Um, I think now that – the, the the Damian Lillard domino fell I think that will open up a little bit more options for teams to actually consider where, where can we actually move some pieces and the fact that Drew Holiday is officially on the block again I was just texting the homies in the group chat I'm like I would love to see Holiday back in Philly and I think if they can figure out if, if Portland can become that like Oklahoma City hub that you just the, the veteran players and then they'll figure out how to get some draft cap back and ship them out again um, I really think that could work well so um, I'm going to guess that Harden's the first one traded just be given that he's clearly disgruntled, hasn't made up with De- or he doesn't have any plans to, um, even PJ Tucker's kind of sat by and, and supported and support James Harden. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tucker and Harden probably moved as part of a deal to free up that cap space, um, and make him happy because uh, obviously he doesn't want to play in Philadelphia. So, um, We'll see what happens, but I think that there's definitely – the Tyler Hero one is weird to me, though, because he was clearly on the block, and now it's like, how do you walk back from that? It's like, bro, we've been (laughs) shopping you crazy. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if he's moved right after that. The destination, not really sure yet, though.
4: Yeah, I think – I'm going to say Hero. Um, And the reason why is that – I obviously, I've never been a professional athlete, but I can just imagine – the first time your name comes up in rampant trade rumors and the team really doesn't seem to do too much about it to refute those rumors, I'd imagine you feel some type of way about it. And it seemed, based on some of Tyler's recent social media habits, he didn't seem too thrilled with things down there right now. So I kind of wonder, maybe Miami in some way tries to get involved with Drew Holiday. Um, I don't think the asking price won't be anywhere near as high as what it was for um, for Damian Lillard. So that, you know, if you're Miami, maybe you hold on to like a Nikola Jovich or a Jaime Jaquez or both of those guys, if you were to be able to work out a deal for holiday. So yeah, I think, I think hero is going to be the one to move because I don't think James Harden's value is as high as he may seem to think it is. And a lot of people may seem to think it is um, obviously a hall of fame career going into the final season of his contract. And I don't see him being a difference maker for a title contender that some may believe him to be.
3: And I was going to mention James Harden over the last five years has seen a sharp decline in his numbers. I mean, he's fell to average 25 points per game after being the leading scorer in Houston. Uh, We do know he's the best assist player arguably 10 assists or more per game, but also for three and a half turnovers per game, uh, two point percentage dropping out all that. So I agree. I think he might be, I don't want to use the word a cancer in the locker room, but he's definitely going to take away from his teammates. And he has been a player, I think, that has a little bit of attitude uh, occasionally. But he wants to go to the Clippers, I saw. Um, Is there any deal in your guys' opinion to (laughs) – Ralph said no.
5: Well, that's the thing, like, because the the Sixers, they were just turning down every package the Clippers had. It was like they won't include Terrence Mann and and other young players. They're trying to trot out, like, Marcus Morris, Norman Powell maybe even in, like, um who's the other robert covington so like Mm -hmm. that's not really that attractive and i I feel maury for making the right business decision and not just taking whatever deals on the table um i did just get an update kevin o'connor's reporting that the sixers do have interest in drew holiday um so i don't know what it will take to make it happen but um i do think using the blazers as the uh the third team may might might get james harden his wish to maybe go play for the clippers because I don't know what is the Clippers now, like their their ceiling and their window is is only getting like it's they gotta win now. So I feel I don't know if inserting James Harden that situation makes it better, maybe for the regular season, because we know how James is in the playoffs. But yeah. um fantasy wise, I've bumped James Harden down to an, like twenty-five in my my head to head yeah. rankings, mainly mm-hmm. because I can't trust this situation is gonna be resolved by the time we need it to, and fantasy managers actually need to draft. But twenty and ten is certainly in sight, but as Vaughn pointed out, the scoring is just not what it was in the past.
3: Yeah. And, and Ralph, um, where do you rank James Harden since 25? Obviously, Dan has to probably be the worst fantasy ranking he's had in the past few years. But <laughs> yeah. also, uh, Ralph, uh, where do you rank Nurkic and Aiden now doubling back a little bit after the deals? Mm-hmm. And uh, like, where are you ranking them? Top 10 centers?
4: Um, I think Aiton has, I think Aiton should be in that mix. Um, I, I think top 50 is fair. At minimum for him. I don't think I would expect him to be like a top twenty-five because then you're putting him in a territory of say a Miles Turner. And given what Miles provides defensively, he's an entirely different class than in Aiton when it comes to fantasy production. So hey, 30 to 40 range. I think that would be fair for Aiton because you also you always run the risk of late in the season them kind of pulling the plug on things up there just because they're highly unlikely to be in contention for a play-in spot, much less a top six position in the West. So I think and I would say 30 to 40 to be safe. Um, Nurkic, just inside the top 100. I had him just outside the top 100 in the preseason rankings. So I don't think there's a huge difference because his usage really isn't going to change. If anything, the offensive usage may drop given what they have in Phoenix. But I will say his ability as a facilitator can help out a team that really doesn't have a true point guard on this roster.
3: Yeah, double back on that. I love that too, Dan. Let's ask you the same question: Where would you rank these two guys? Yeah, so eight and a half at fifty-eight
5: right now. Uh, I agree with Raf. I'd probably move him closer to like fiftieth range. I don't know that I'm going to necessarily give him top forty status yet, quite yet, but he has done it in the past, so it's certainly in the cards. Um, Nurkic, you know, I stated before that I thought. Aiton would have the biggest impact, but now that I'm looking at my rankings, I had Nurkic around 120, so I'm probably going to bump him up to somewhere in that one, 105, 105, 100 range, just like Raf. because I think now that he's on a contending team, if health is on his side, he should be a good double-double threat and has some facilitation upside in his game, so as long as he stays healthy, he should definitely float right around that that 100
3: uh, spot. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to need your guys' help a lot in fantasy this season because I'm so cursed from trading Russell Westbrook for uh, Kawhi Leonard a few years ago. And uh, the guy I traded ended up beating me in the championship because Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double that year. So I feel like I've been really cursed. Uh, so I'm excited to be here with you guys to break <laughs> all these, down here, these rankings because DeAndre Ayton, I'm not going to lie, that's a guy I was not going to draft this year, uh, period. No. You guys are kind of talking me into it. Um, we'll see. I might listen to you guys. Who knows? Uh, let's talk <laughs> about the Golden State Warriors because this is a team that I'm pretty pumped about. You know, Chris Paul lands there. Uh, Steve Kerr says they got six starters. There's no more Jordan Poole, which I think is the most positive thing that could happen for the Golden State Warriors. I could not stand watching him play. I think he took away from the offense a lot and uh, obviously Draymond Green punching him last season obviously set the tone for a um, a pretty weird season for the Warriors. So my question to you gentlemen is, where are you guys ranking Chris Paul fantasy-wise? And Dan, I'll let you start with this also. Uh, who would you be bringing off the bench if you're the Warriors? Because I say Draymond with his en- energy. Wow, that's interesting. Um, Ralph said no. I saw I Ralph's eyes. He's like, no.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start with Chris Paul. Um, so early, early, way early in draft season when this, this trade initially went down, I saw some initial rankers having him in like, Know the nineties and stuff like that. I'm like, yo, that is just way too much disrespect on Chris Paul, man. Like, this guy is one of the best point guards of our generation, and from a fantasy perspective, one of the best performing point guards of our generation. He's never finished outside of the top 30 before last season. So, um, I didn't want to over commit to being like, yo, Chris Paul's not like 39 years old, and he's definitely not declining because he is, but I have him at 65 right now. And now that Steve Kerr has said that they're going to have six starters. I'm expecting, uh, Raph and I talked about it before the show, but we're expecting probably some, some alter, altering of the rotation, whether it be Kevon Looney sitting on the bench, if they want to run small or if they want to run the fast lineup, you put Chris Paul in there. Um, and they definitely have some wing depth now. Um, Jonathan Kaminga is going to get more minutes. Moses Moody is going to get more minutes. Um, and obviously Wiggins is still there, so they can do it. Um, and I think the Warriors team definitely to win. They know that their window is also getting, getting a little bit closer to closing. Klay Thompson will be up for a new deal. We'll see what happens there. Um, by I the think they put themselves in the best position to win by getting rid of Jordan Poole. But from a fancy perspective, Jordan Poole is probably the biggest winner of this whole situation. Um, because this his fancy value just skyrocketed and moving on to the the bummy wizards. Sorry,
3: Adam. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looked with the he, Jordan Poole looked pretty <clears throat> depressed in his <clears throat> team photo with the Wizards. And I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. That's, <laughs>
1: that's
3: the last place I want traded probably after being on the Warriors. But uh yeah, he'll at least once just- he
5: goes it's fine, man. DC will treat him well. Yeah, him, <laughs> yeah.
3: him and Calcus will get their 50 piece uh, each. Right. We'll 25 or something. It'll be fun. But, uh, Ralph, so obviously you think I'm wrong. Draymond coming off the bench. I read it in your face. Yeah. You- I,
4: I, Draymond's definitely going to start. I think it's either Chris Paul or Kevon Looney. Yeah. And I think it'll depend on matchups, like Dan said. I just get the feeling like there's this one Warriors fan who's also a longtime University of North Carolina fan. <laughs> was having bad flashbacks to that 97, 98 team with six starters. And then they brought Shimon Williams off the bench for the biggest game of the year. And he went ice cold and they lost mm-hmm. in the final four. Now that yeah, I digress from that, but I think Chris Paul, I will admit to maybe disrespecting him a bit in terms of the fancy rankings, because I don't think that, I don't know that small lineup. We saw them play well at times going small, then they got killed on the boards. Yeah. I think Looney is one of the more like underrated players in the NBA, just because everything he provides, he's not the flashiest player, but he just gives them consistent production. I think his fancy value doesn't take too much of a hit because it wasn't too high to begin with. Um, he'll just be asked to do a little bit more of what he normally does in terms of rebounding and defending. So I think Paul takes a hit maybe not as big as I I anticipated just because now we're talking about six starters, but yeah. um, I do kind of worry about Andrew Wiggins though. Um, He has a tendency to kind of slip into the background offensively at times, and that may become more of an issue now when you have another ball dominant player in the mix.
3: Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I think it's going to be an interesting situation. At least he brings that veteran presence that, you know, Warriors already have, but it only helps a lot in the locker room. Like I said, we all agree Jordan Poole being out definitely uh, helps this Warriors team moving forward. So I'm excited to see how this ends up. Before we talk about the Boston Celtics and the rookies class, do let everyone know the NBA training camp starts soon, and it's your chance to get an assist with your fantasy draft with Roto World Basketball Draft Guide. Visit NBCSports.com, use the promo code Hoops23 at checkout, score 20% off, and a $10 e gift card to Fanatics free season long tools with your draft guide purchase make sure you get it and i'll say this if i was getting a ten dollar free gift card for fanatics i'm going (laughs) chicago bulls t-shirt or hat i think that's what i'd be doing
0: here reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing Uh, (laughs) that's definitely not a problem Uh, reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil
3: What do you guys think? What do you guys? What would you guys be buying with your ten dollars
5: gift card? Hmm, man, you can't even buy a hat nowadays for less than like 30, it's, 40, bro. Yes, I mean, like forty percent yeah.
3: off. Yeah, you percent know, off. You're not
5: get <laughs> like like some with that. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna cop a uh i am I'm gonna get a Tyrese Maxi jersey. If I'm gonna Ooh. put it to to the purchase of a Tyrese Maxi jersey, that's what I'll do. Ralph, what about
4: uh, you? I probably just get another pair of like retro shorts, Mitchell and Ness shorts. There put ten dollars towards that. There
3: yeah. you go. Yeah, sweet. I like I like the style, man. Sweet. I actually met Ralph for the first time the other day. Uh, he mentioned earlier in the show he's never been a pro athlete, but I could have swore the man was. Uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> he is a big guy. All right, another big guy though, Kristaps Porzingis, seven uh, foot three. A lot going to Boston. I'm actually in Boston right now as we speak, and uh, so I had to ask a couple people what's the Celtics hyper like around here. And they are excited. They think the Celtics can once again go to the finals, once again win it all. I am a little skirmish on the depth of Boston. You see you got Brogdon, of course, Derek White, Rob Williams, Al Horford back. Uh, you add Porzingis. But besides that, we're looking at like Peyton Pritchard, Sam Hauser, Lamar Stevens, and O'Shea Brissett. I'm a little nervous for Boston's bench, but we know the top seven could take care of business. Ralph, start with you here. Uh, what's the fancy value for KP? And um, if you're starting Rob Williams or Al Horford, where are we going with that one? I'm going to let you say before I tell my picks because I was wrong last time.
4: Yeah, he, Porzingis was an elite fantasy option in DC last season. I think he was like a top 20 player in nine cats, awesome. not mistaken. I think he's going to take a hit just because you have the usage factor. You know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, those guys remain first and second in the pecking order. You know, Porzingis gives them a different dimension that they did not have in terms of last season's roster and Marcus Smart. Um, But I think he'll still be a safe third, maybe even a fourth-round player at worst. My concern is Derek White. He was a guy that a lot of us pegged as a breakout candidate um, just because Marcus Smart was leaving. But here's the thing. Porzingis is going to have a pretty high usage. He'll most likely hire than Smart at a minimum. So it's not like White is going to absorb all those opportunities. He's clearly going to be the starting point guard, but I don't think his jump is going to be as extreme as some of us may have hoped earlier in the pre- in the off season. Who do you think, Dan?
5: Yeah, I, I actually downgraded Porzingis a bit from last year. I had him as a top 30 guy. He's been a top 30 player for the last three seasons in per game on a per game basis. Um, but I can't, like, like Raf said, like you're, you're going into a situation where you're playing with two all NBA players, both that command upwards of a, 20 north of a 25 you no, know, near 30 usage rate so while i think that this does give boston more um more options offensively because al horford is definitely declining and robert williams can't stay healthy so at least they're getting a front court player that can contribute offensively but i can't help but but think he's not going to get the shot attempts that he got last year he mm-hmm. can still be efficient so he's going to be good for fantasy and nine cat leagues but I'd probably be less off of him points leagues right now because I just don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be scoring and doing the type of stat stuffing that he did when he was in Washington with, you know, Kyle Kuzma and a bunch of nobodies that pretty much were perfect for a fantasy. <laughs> um, so this is more of a basketball move and, and that's why I'm downgrading him as
3: such. I think that he will be a remounting machine potentially with Boston, especially if Al Horford uh, is in the starting lineup for them. I think that as a player prop better, I think that Tatum and Jalen Brown will see their rebounds go down substantially at some point. So Ooh. those are kind of some things that I'm eyeing up, in my opinion. Here, uh, I did want to ask you guys real even quick,
5: though Tatum's this, he's increased his points, rebounds, and assists every single season every since he's been in the league.
3: Yeah, and it's he's a player. How long is he going to be able to continue to do that? It's um, true. Yeah, that's yeah. it's going to be. Tough he's got some play financial
5: play. incentive to do so. Uh, <laughs> now he's got that ridiculous bag coming his way next season. <laughs>
3: And I want to ask you guys this because this wasn't something we were going to talk about today, but uh speaking on the Celtics, you know, my guy for the last 10 years was Marcus Smart. Love that man's heart and hustle. But now he's on the Grizzlies. Uh, what's that fantasy ADP looking like for him?
5: Um, so ADP wise, I think he's going he's going around 90. Um, <laughs> so that's actually pretty modest considering. John Morant's going to be missing 25 games. Like one of the things that I've been valuing Marcus Smart, I have him in like, I think I have him ranked in the 70s ish, which is probably a bit aggressive, but 25 games is almost a quarter of the season. So like at this point, you know why would you not want a star point guard for 25 games that doesn't have to deal with you know the usage of a high usage guy like John Morant? So him and Desmond Bain are two people that I think are going to go off in the beginning part of the season and the ten that Marcus Smart brings to the Memphis Grizzlies I think is going to be crucial for them because they in Brooks so they still can keep that identity mm-hmm. that uh that grit that tenacity that Memphis is is so known for um by getting smart in the building and he can shoot the three he can create um he's a dog he plays a lot of games he plays through injuries like I, he's a good fantasy player and probably one of the more underrated ones um and I have him right around that Derek White territory so um, I think that there's some upside there, and people might be sleeping on him just because of you know the fact that he's not on the Boston Celtics anymore.
2: Mm. I would be yeah, taking smart. White.
3: I would take smart over White. You too, Ralph.
4: No, I no. wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far, but I do believe that Smart's value is underrated um, because not not just the 25 uh, game suspension, but Morant hasn't been able to stay healthy. Just his style mm-hmm. of play. He likes to go hard, drive to the basket. He doesn't pull up. Um, you know, he he's going all out. While you love watching that, you got to learn how to fall. You got to learn how to make use of the float game. So at a max, he can play in 57 games. I don't know if Ja gets to 50, to be honest with you. So when you look at it that way, Smart probably should be drafted a bit higher than what he's going for in terms of early ADP.
3: Yeah, we know how the NBA loves to rest their players too, especially the stars. So John Morant will probably be one of those guys, especially when the Grizzlies start making some noise in the Western Conference. But I like those takes. I like Marcus Smart in Memphis. I think that was the most ideal place for him to land, in my opinion. Uh, Dan, do you have what it takes to lead them to victory? Talking about the Ryder Cup fantasy team, baby. Play with your friends. Visit gamezone.ridercup.com to learn more and watch the Ryder Cup on NBC, USA, and Peacock from Friday through Sunday, all weekend. The Ryder Cup.
6: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy,
2: Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: Cup there. Be excited to watch some of that. I'm excited to talk about the rookie class here because uh, as a college basketball capper and writer for NBC, um, I was in love with the potential of Brandon Miller last year out of Alabama. Uh, You know, consensus All-American, first player to win SEC player of the year, freshman of the year, and conference tournament MVP in the same season, had a strong summer league. Um, I do want your guys' opinion on Brandon Miller and uh, any rookies that you're looking at um, in this class. Um, um,
5: So I would go – so we're still going to start with Brandon Miller. I, I'll just rain on your parade early. I got him ranked like 200th <laughs> in fantasy because I don't know when he's actually going to make his impact. And after watching him in summer league, there's a bit of mixed reviews. Like I thought he looked comfortable as the, as the, the summer league wore on. Um, but there's definitely holes in this game that like he doesn't look as explosive as, as I thought in college as he does, you know, playing with actual NBA players or even fringe NBA players. Um, and I also think that, you know, the Hornets aren't just giving up on Gordon Hayward just yet. I think he's going to need an injury to actually get sustainable minutes into the 20s, upwards of 30s to actually be fantasy viable right now. And Gordon Hayward. I think he's going to play for his next contract. You know, maybe he gets shipped out of there. They're going to play him minutes. I think they're going to actually want to see what these Hornets actually have with a healthy team of LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier, who both kind of dealt with injuries last year. Um, And and Brandon Miller is definitely going to be their young rookie of the future, but I don't know that he's going to be ushered in quite yet. Um,
3: I'll definitely take him around 280 P. I think that he will some point be there, but I'm right. More of a late round. He's probably a guy that you could get. Maybe you draft them late, but I
5: probably wouldn't because you're going to end up dropping them. But like later in the season, once we see some pieces move and where the, the Hornets are in their situation in terms of the rebuild, I think you could definitely be a person that pops late season.
3: Yeah, I'm also looking at him more as a, I guess, rookie of the year candidate if he scores 15, 20 points per game. But not sure. Like you said, Gordon Hayward does start, which I hope he doesn't. I'm done with yeah, Gordon I mean, already, Yeah, let's
5: be honest. We're, we're all over the Gordon Hayward experience. Yeah,
3: so uh, we're all f- – you take over. What rookies are you looking at in this class? Any guys in particular? I know uh, before I hopped on here, my brother was talking my ear off about the Thompson twins. So how are you feeling about them and some other guys?
4: Uh, I'm going to go back to Miller first. Um, okay. And I think he's a far better fit in dynasty leagues than redrafts. Mm. Um, just because of the situation there, Dan mentioned Gordon Hayward. They also re-signed PJ Washington, re-signed, brought back Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges is going to be playing for a contract after his 10-game suspension is up. So I, I don't like Miller to start the season. Um, I think later, you know, once we get the silly season, that's when he could potentially flourish fantasy-wise. So, you know, I think at best right now in redrafts, you use a late round pick to take him, but I wouldn't go much higher than that. Um Thompson Twins, I think they're in a difficult spot, respectively. Um Amen played on the ball, the majority of his time for overtime elite. in Houston, I don't think he's going to get too many of those opportunities early. Maybe coming off the bench as the backup to uh, Fred Van Vliet. But I think they're going to use him all over the perimeter, I believe. So that may help him a little bit. But I'm thinking just outside of the top 100 in terms of where I would pick him. I'll, I'll sorry you're kind of hoping for Detroit to trade Bojan Bogdanovic, even though they've said on countless occasions they don't want to do it. Maybe they receive an offer. They can't refuse it around the trade deadline. And that's when he could potentially flourish. I like that. Uh, I was
3: looking. So,
5: trying to code, Dan. I was going to say on the Thompson twins. So I was originally when I watched them play in summer league, I was like, oh, Amen's going to be the guy. And now Kevin Porter Jr. is going through his legal situation. I think that almost bumps him up a bit because he could become a six man type of role. But I don't know what Ime Udoka's offense is really going to look like. There's a lot of young talent and in uh, Houston right now Um, but I'm actually more excited about a Thompson because I think he can start right away the Detroit Pistons made a calculated move by scooping up Monty Williams they were 27th in defensive rating last year and they went out and get a defensive minded head coach like he completely flipped around the Phoenix franchise over three years from taking from one of the worst to one of the best like top three in defensive rating so um, he has the range right now and Um, As I'm looking at their depth chart, I'm like, well, who's going to start in front of them? Joe Harris? Probably Mm -hmm. not. Isaiah Livers? Probably not. Um, And then maybe you have a mixture of, I don't know, I feel like he could start from day one. And from what we saw in in the summer league, like he has this ability to, I called him, I just actually wrote an article that's up on Yahoo. I I think he's looking like the Sixers version of Andre Godala. And I could see like a higher upside. He could be like a Sean Marion type of guy. He has a playmaking ability. He's really good at defense. He locks in on it, and he's athletic as hell. So if he could start and get like close to 30 minutes, I think he's already going to be the better Thompson just because he has the better opportunity to get more minutes and usage. And he's also playing with dynamic point guard. Kate Cunningham got Jay Nivey there. It's a young rebuild. This is going to be a really fun team to watch. Actually, one of the more underrated teams to watch this season that I'm actually excited about, the Detroit Pistons.
4: I have a question um in this scenario where he potentially starts are you not starting Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Dern next to each other no because that big, big, okay beef stew off the bench big big, big okay. stew,
5: beef stew off the bench
4: okay all right I just wanted to make sure of that because I kind of feel like <laughs> that's pretty much the only way you'd be able to do it I think Kate yeah. and Jaden Ivy are locked in Boyan's locked in as well Jalen Dern really promising
0: mm-hmm. in
4: terms of what we saw from him his rookie year and he's only 19 so yeah, I, I don't know if I see that happening, but, you know, you bring <laughs> in a new new head coach, yeah, open everything up, and let guys compete. I don't have an issue with that.
3: Yeah, and I think it's also who's got more chemistry with Cade Cunningham and Ivy, because those two last year, I think, worked real well together. Obviously, Cade yeah. got injured, but when he did play, he was an NBC favorite. He was a points, rebounds, assist machine, and he's someone mm-hmm. I think that I'm probably going to be pretty high on this year. I do like Jalen Durant, too, nine points and nine rebounds per game last year on 65% shooting so that's that's pretty impressive as well um i wanted to ask you guys uh about another center that's kind of going under the radar Derek lively uh he may start in dallas uh and the mavericks have arguably the weirdest roster in all of the nba in my opinion uh no (laughs) defense on this team uh (laughs) what do you think about lively starting how does it impact him in fantasy and uh is he the only guy playing defense in dallas
4: no i don't i don't think so uh he's one of One of their two, well, they didn't pick the other guy. They acquired him on draft night, but um, Olivier Maxence Prosper uh, out of Marquette. He's a guy that can potentially fill that Dorian Finney-Smith-type role for them down the line. I think in terms of Lively, it was interesting to hear Jason Kidd say that he was going to let him compete for the starting job. There have been comparisons to Tyson Chandler. Chandler obviously was the center on that title team in 2011, and he's been working with Lively during the summer, so if he can be that type of player in terms of rebounding and blocking shots, I don't think we see a fantasy jump in the in the mold that we saw from Walker Kessler last season. Maybe a a low cap, low carb version of that, I guess you would <laughs> say. But um, yeah, I think you're not expecting too much from Lively offensively, and they don't really need that. You've got Luka Doncic, you've got Kyrie Irving to do a lot of the scoring but they can set him up for those easy shot attempts. That'll get you a pretty high uh, field goal percentage to go along with those defensive stats. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on in training camp. And maybe it tempers the enthusiasm of myself and others on Rashawn Holmes.
5: Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm with you there, man. I'm actually going to go a step further. Part of my bold predictions piece uh, that came out today is that, This rookie class will have five players that will be top 100 by the end of the season. Derek Lively was one of those guys that I included into that, mainly because of what Jason Kidd is talking about. He's going to let this kid compete. If he can earn the starting nod, I think he could be a Tyson Chandler-like type of a player. Tyson Chandler was 84th in per-game value way back when, when he (laughs) averaged close to a low-end double -double, nine and 9 But it's the block potential. And pairing with Luka Doncic and, and Kyrie Irving, He's going to be the lob threat, man. This guy's going mm-hmm. to be catching alley-oops. He's athletic. He catches he catches them in awkward positions. So, you know, he's got a feel for really good hands, um, the movement, the ranginess. And I was looking at his, his college numbers. And, you know, if you look at – it was a really interesting stat. The last five players that led the NCAA in defensive, uh, defensive box score plus minus was like Walker Kessler, Jaron Jackson Jr., um, pretty much defensive player of the year type candidates yeah. type dudes mm-hmm. like that echelon of player. So like while I'm 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 tempering expectations, it's not going to be Walker Kessler. I feel like he could be a Nick Claxton type of a player. Like get like two that. blocks, low end rebounds, uh, low end points, but at least still play thirty minutes a game. Like you could be looking at it, and apparently he's been working on his jump shot too. So if he can get those up to seventy percent, that's actually a really good late cheap fantasy player that you could have. 100 is bold, but I'm sticking to it.
3: Before you uh, you mentioned – because we now you, that, you prefaced that, Dan. You have to tell us who the other four guys are that are in your top 100. I
5: know. Yeah. Let me, oh, so the other four. Um, Wemby, obviously. Um, Scoot Henderson also gets the nod, but that was contingent on a Dame trade. That happened. Now I just got to figure out what happens with Drew Holiday. Um, number three was Asur Thompson, another bold one with making assumptions that he's going to be starting. And then the fourth one was, um,
3: do you not
4: count? Chet um, oh, chat,
3: chat, Yeah, chat. <laughs> gotta, gotta be chat. I'm like, wait, who's the other guy that I'm thinking about? Yeah, gotta be Chet. Yeah. Chet. That, that brings me to my next point. I, I do want to mention, I think the, uh, the odds for Andre Iguodala and Tyson Chandler reference today was like 25 to one odds. Uh, so congratulations on that gentleman. <laughs> but uh, I want to ask you, cause you know, everyone's lining up to pretty much get Wemby rookie of the year odds. Um, I think there's value on taking the field. Um, how do you guys feel on this? Not just from a betting perspective, but also a fantasy perspective.
4: Yeah, I think that's that's fair to say. Obviously, Chet Holmgren counts as a rookie, so I think if you take, you, you think the field will be better than Wemby in fantasy. He's the main guy there, so I, I think Chet Holmgren for sure would be in that mix. Um, I think what will help Wemby in San Antonio is that they've categorized him solely as a forward. They're not going to try to play him at the five. Um, that protects Zach Collins' fantasy value. Um, obviously, he played well down the stretch and earned that label, that distinction from Greg Popovich, um, who comes off the bench. I think a lot of us are assuming it will be Keldon Johnson. Wasn't a great fantasy player, um, fantasy option to begin with as a starter. So I don't think he takes too big of a hit there. But in terms of rookies, I would say Chet would be have the best chance of kind of chasing down Wemby, but also Scoot Henderson, especially in the aftermath of today's trade.
3: Dan, you got an opinion on rookie of the year and uh fantasy value for Chet? Yeah, for I've Wimby? already
5: bet Chet to be rookie of the year. Um, I just like that he sat he sat a year, had to mm-hmm. watch you know the Thunder kind of go through their late playoff surge, not quite get there. I think this team's gonna be an ascending team this year. Uh, listened to some comments from Sam Presti today and you know, they're, they the press was asking him, Oh, you're going to, you know, trade for a star. Are you all in on that. He's like, no, we're good with what we have. We know that we're not going to get, be the best team in the West, but we're going to be here. And I think Chet's going to be a huge part of that. And my concern about betting Wemby is that he's young. He's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders. He's in the San Antonio system. That's notorious for load management. I don't know that he's even going to get to the game requirement for, getting the rookie of the year honor. So that's mm-hmm. one of my, my hesitations there. A Thompson is 35 to one. He's another player that I think is um, undervalued right now. If, especially if he's considered a starter by the stuff by, by the the end of, of training camp. So um, those are the couple of the names that I like. I might throw a flyer out for Derek lively, you know, assuming that he gets the starting gig too. But I think that the rookie of the year tends to be, you know, the scoring guards, uh, probably more of a Scoot Henderson type of a person. And I think that that's probably the player I'd be looking at the most right now because of the Dame Lillard
3: trade. Yeah. Scoot's definitely going to have all the opportunities to make a name for himself. And I just, I love all the young talent in the NBA seeing them ball, even on the bad teams, because you know, you get to see what these guys are really made of, what they're going to be doing in the future. So before we get out of here, guys uh, I also want you guys to tell everyone where you can find your work, but I want you guys to leave us either with a hot take or a cold take. Who wants to go first? Because I can go first.
5: Yeah, start us off on.
3: (laughs) My Chicago Bulls are going to have a bottom five record in all the NBA this year, if not bottom three. When I say this roster is atrocious, (laughs) I mean it. If we don't get Tyler Hero or James Harden via trade, it's over. Um, The Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan experience has been ended. And I'll say this, uh, Alonzo Ball, you're going to be our savior, my guy, but. You're nothing now, so that's my hot take. The Bulls will be one of the worst teams in all of basketball this year, and the same with next year too. Dan, how's their next? cap space looking? Can they afford James Harden? Uh, no, they can't <laughs> afford anything. They can't afford a Benai's <laughs> gift card right now. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I uh, I hate my team, but yeah, I think that they're going to be one of the worst teams. I'll be playing their team total, their win total under this year um, for sure. And that'll probably be my best bet. Um, so that makes to a
5: ton it? of that makes a ton of sense. Um, I guess my hot take will be that uh, Jalen green top 70 player this year. And that doesn't sound like a hot take, but this guy was like outside the top 200 for the first two years of his career. Um, I think the Amy Doka effect is definitely going to make a positive impact on him and his game. Now that Kevin Porter jr. Is out of the way, I think he can play a little bit more freely. He has a true point guard there and Fred Van Vliet um, I think this is going to be the best season we see from Jalen Green yet, and his stats have gone up every year. But I think this is where we actually put him on the map, and you actually consider this guy a fringe All Star.
3: I'll take that. I like that. I think that's a. I don't think it's a hot take. Then I think it's kind of safer than we expected. He's going to be having a season. Ralph, you have anything?
4: Um, Anthony Edwards, top ten fantasy player. Oh yeah, dog. I, um. I think having Carl Anthony Towns on the floor longer. Uh, He only played in 29 games last season. I think that will help with the chemistry factor between he and Rudy Gobert and also Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to have more opportunities to play with the ball in his hands. Two-man game with Gobert can be really good for the assist numbers for Edwards if they get that chemistry right. And I think we're heading towards a point. Mike Conley's got more years behind him than ahead of him, where Edwards is going to be one of those prolific high-scoring point guards as opposed to playing the two like he currently does. So write me down Anthony Edwards top 10 fantasy player. Oh, I love right, that. I to, let me let me get a mulligan cuz it's the Ryder Cup. Yeah.
5: No. Jason Tatum number 2 overall player in fantasy this year.
1: Hmm. And you think
5: he's going to you think he's going to go the other way? I think I got him I got him going up, man. I think it's going to be his best season yet. What do you think, Ralph? I think it's
4: fair. I, I think that's a, a very reasonable Take reasonably that. bold. All right, so the first one wasn't <laughs> bold. This is like reasonably bold. Yeah.
3: I was going to say if <laughs> Jason Tatum's going to win MVP, it's got to be this season or next year. I mean, more than likely he's going to start declining at some point statistically, and like you mentioned earlier in the show, his numbers have been increasing points, rebounds, assists every season. So, um yeah, if that continues, Dan, I could see it. And if you think that's true, MVP tickets probably where it's out on Jason Tatum. That'd be um,
5: better than a Celtics ticket for
3: sure. Yeah, I think we're in agreement there, my friend. (laughs) Well, this was an awesome first episode, gentlemen. We want to thank everybody for listening and watching the Rotor World Basketball Show on NBCSports.com. From Von Delzell, Raphael Johnson, and Dan Titus, we thank you for checking out the first episode. Look forward to winning fantasy leagues and money all season with you guys. Until next
6: time. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, archaea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So...